I completely forgot to add my rating for this, so I'm going to go ahead and add it to the beginning of this review. I have a 7 out of 10 for this movie. Family. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Furious 7, also known as Fast and the Furious 7, a 2015 action film directed by James Wan and written by Chris Morgan. It is the sequel to Fast and the Furious 6, 2013 movie, and the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift 2006, and the seventh installment in the Fast and the Furious franchise. The film stars an ensemble cast, including Vin Diesel, Paul Walker in his final role, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Tyrese, Ludacris, Jordana Brewster, Dijon Hansmu, Tony Jaw, Ronda Rousey, Nathalie Emmanuel, uh, Kurt Russell, we got Jason Statham, we got everybody in this freaking film. So, excuse me, there's so many people, I'm losing my voice. (laughs) Um, So, in the film, this is the light synopsis, uh, in the film, Dominic Toretto, aka Bro Bro, aka Hashtag Family, played by Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto, Brian Connor, played by Paul Walker, and their team are recruited by covert ops leader Mr. Nobody, played by Kurt Russell, to prevent terrorist Mose Giganti, uh, played by uh, uh, Hansu, from obtaining a hacking program. I believe it's called the God's Eye. Meanwhile, Deckard Shaw, played by Jason Statham, a rogue special agent, a rogue special agent, a rogue special forces assassin slash agent or whatever the fuck, uh, seeking to avenge his comatose younger brother from the last movie, puts the team in danger once again. So why are we talking about this? Well, I think I reviewed the first five movies of the Fast and Furious franchise two, maybe three years ago. Has it been really that long? Maybe three years ago. And uh, I had planned to go through seven, eight, and then when nine was coming around, I believed I was leading up towards nine and then the pandemic had happened. So everything was pushed back on nine and I just hadn't uh, recorded the rest of them so yada 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 everyone that's watching is like I don't give a fuck blah, blah, blah. anyways I'm finally coming around to doing Furious 7 three years later four years later whatever the fuck this movie slaps I think that the majority of everyone agrees that you know as the movies progress a lot of people love the first one by Rob Cohen John Singleton, Singleton brought an interesting flair with the second one we had uh, Justin Lin starting when a new direction with Tokyo Drift in the third one. Fourth one, we have Justin Lin returning, but it's starting to give us a little bit more of the the blockbustery feel. But we are going way more in with a like a, the FBI agents type feel and less of the street, quote unquote, streets are in it. The fifth one goes straight up in an action heist film, and that's when it really turns up turns up the heat, in my opinion. 
and number five being directed again i believe by justin lynn justin lynn's uh camera work and all of his movies i think is some of the best um with the, with given the blend of real to cgi but then we have this this new uh flavor so i feel like after furious five everyone or sorry fast five in 2011 that's when it really kicked off <clears throat> the blockbustery feel that we know today and most people agree with um in my mind i was trying to remember furious six and furious seven they blend in my head um trying to remember from airport sequences and six i guess we'll we'll be discussing all of the previous movies that have happened as much as possible i i do apologize if i really say any spoilers for the future movies up to 10 i've seen at this point um but again these movies can't really be spoiled it's mostly about the car sequence chase scenes and then heists and fights and just action in general it's gone to the point of most people can't remember or distinguish the different movies after a certain point because they start to all kind of blend together and i don't blame people for that but when i was remembering furious six or sorry fast and furious six and furious seven i couldn't remember exactly which sequences went which but going back and re-watching seven again seven has a wonderful blend of i think they go super heavy with the cg in six i've already recorded the review three or four years ago so go back and watch that on the look it podcast.com uh whatever channel you're watching on youtube soundcloud we got them all on on all those patreon.com slash look it podcast has the full review for fury uh Fast and Furious 6. So the Furious uh, 6 to 7, I think brings a lot more humanity and hashtag more family feels. I know everyone's going to say family about 100 million times in this or family, whatever the Vin Diesel way of saying it. But I really do feel like Furious 7 has a surprising amount of heart and it has a surprising amount of uh well choreographed action that feels like almost like a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat like the pacing in this feels very um very good for how much the action is just completely going you know sometimes action can become mundane after a certain amount of time watching it just punches being blown cars being blown up you know people it starts to get kind of repetitive in nature i never felt like this movie ever felt repetitive in nature which is something i was glad to to go back and see so uh, let's discuss this a little bit more in depth um plans for a seventh installment were were first announced in February 2012 when Johnson stated that the production on the film would begin after the completion of Fast and Furious 6. In April 2013, Juan, predominantly known for horror films, was announced to direct the film. Casting showed the returns of Diesel and Walker that same month. Principal photography began in September in Atlanta, but was indefinitely suspended in November after Walker died in a car crash. Filming resumed months later in April 2014 and ended in July with Walker's 
brothers Caleb and Cody standing in to complete his remaining scenes, causing delay to its 2015 release with uh, other filming locations in LA, Colorado, Abu Dhabi, and Tokyo. Brian Tyler, who has uh, last uh, composed the score for Fast Five 2011, returned to compose the seventh installment with an estimated production budget of $250 million. It is one of the most expensive films ever made. And I think people are laughing at that now because we're, depending on when you're listening to this, let's just say you're listening to this in 10 years, you're like $250 million, that's a drop in the bucket. Um, $250 million used to get you a lot. Um, now we are up to a production budget of, I wanna get this right, um production budget on fast and furious fast x fast 10 whatever the hell you want to call it the budget is 340 million dollars oh my goodness is that not ridiculous uh although bringing back all this family is not cheap you know the cookouts become expensive and all these cars blowing up. It's an expensive ass um, feature to have on top of all this action compared to the first Fast and Furious movie, which started with a, a mere $38 million, which give or take inflation is probably closer to a little, you know, maybe like 50, 60 million. But still, is that not ridiculous? And the first one only made a box office of 207 million dollars but they knew they had a hit right then in june 22nd 2001 fast and furious movie franchise was born so let's continue on with uh fast seven let me just talk about my uh initial notes real quick furious seven like I said, going into it, my head was kind of jumbling the different action scenes between six and seven. What had happened? Obviously, there's so much behind the scenes of this movie that goes plays so much into this movie of the Paul Walker death. I mean, not only is it extremely tragic on so many levels, and uh, you, some people would say, un unfortunately, ironic that you know someone of uh, an actor that plays in, you know, a car franchise happens, you know, you, you know, and, and he's not actually always racing those cars and the sequences and stuff like that, although a lot of it was, was done practically, you know, he's an actor first. So it would, it's just so weird that he would happen to have died in a car wreck. And, and they say it is of the most tragic manner, unfortunately, like a, a uh, this is a little bit graphic if you want to skip ahead 15 seconds I understand 30 seconds give you half a second um apparently paul walker did burn to burn to death in uh, a car that his friend wanted to see him drive and it, I, I don't have the the details up in front of me but from what i hear he was trying they were testing out one of these really dangerous cars and things just uh went bad and it's uh it's it's apparently pretty sad he was apparently I evidently I don't have this in front of me like I said but he was in the car for a minute before you know I don't know if it exploded or it was on fire or what it, it was uh, very sad though um and I remember hearing about the car wreck almost I feel like it was immediately because I want to say it happened in the middle of the day and 
2013 November. I was probably in my second year of college. So yeah, I, I remember it just uh, affecting me. You know, I, I remember being kind of de depressed for a few days, maybe a week, two weeks or something like that. Just feeling the the heaviness of it because it he Paul Walker felt like one of these larger than life figures. Not only was he uh, an awesome guy on screen to watch, a uh, very watchable guy, um, but apparently he was a great guy off screen too. Very you know contributed to charities and did a lot of donations and stuff like that. Apparently. He was a he was an awesome guy so it was uh it's, it's extremely sad to have lost this uh you know this individual as well so let's continue on i know that's a little bit heavy um but considering we did lose uh, paul walker in this uh film the way that they have the the quote-unquote ending for uh, a quote unquote send off in a non spoiler spoilery way, I think is very tasteful. And it's difficult for franchises and movies, I, I, I want to say off the top of my head, to give these types of send offs to characters such as Brian O'Connor on here. You know, someone watching the Furious 7 movie in 30 years and maybe in 15 years is, might, may not have any context. For why is Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor, just driving off into the distance and not saying too much to Dom Toretto, but they might still get the idea, oh, they're just done doing their, their, the criminal uh, heists and stuff like that, so they're going to go do their own thing. You know, movies back in the day used to just end on a whim, like the heist would almost immediately be done, then credits, boom, you're done. Um, so having a lot of explanation into where people are going and then, you know, this droning on and on about where everybody went, Tyrese opened the garage, you know, Ludacris did that, and Dom doing that, Dom's having a cookout with family and stuff like that, you know, it's like, it, we don't always need to get that. And I feel like what, what uh, James Wan does a, an excellent job of doing is showing instead of telling, you know, uh, Dom could have been sitting down around the, the cookout or something like that. And everyone's just like, you know what, let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's give some exposition about why Brian's not here or where he's going to go off to. They could have been very quote unquote, I don't want to say lazy, but they could have taken the easy way out and they didn't, they didn't do that. And I know that they have some, like CGI, quote unquote, Paul Walker uh, face, I guess, you know, expressions and stuff like that and certain stuff. But I, I think generally it's it's pretty tasteful and it's not like they're trying to exploit uh, him or his memory or anything like that. So with saying that, the ending of this, I feel like, is one of the stronger endings of the, of the series. And um, I was actually pretty impressed about that. Anyways, that's a long-winded way of saying $250 million ain't shit these days because well, we got movies almost twice that much now. Movies are going to be half a billion dollars. going to be Avatar level soon um, if we're not careful. Furious 7 premiered at the TLC Chinese Theater in LA on April 1st, 2015 and was released in the U.S. on April 3rd on, uh, by Universal Pictures. The film has uh, commercial success and received positive reviews for its revenge plot. 
Juan's direction, performances, action sequences, and emotional tribute to Walker, with many considering it to be the best film in the franchise. I think it's probably tied between five and one. It's it's kind of interesting because if you really think about it, most Fast and Furious movies, those first six, seven, even the worst one, most people don't like two that much. I still think that is a really fun movie. So there's almost not a bad Fast and Furious movie up until maybe eight. And I feel like even eight is pacing wise, not that great. It's it's kind of hard to live up to something as big as seven. What I think they should have done is it's more of a soft reset, soft reboot a little bit more. I know they had the Hobson Shaw stuff, I think, come in between that. But still, I honestly think that um, eight is probably the lowest than nine. We're, we'll continue on because I don't want to talk too much into those movies yet. So it's grossed over one and a half billion worldwide, making it the third highest grossing film of 2015 and the fourth highest grossing film of all time at the time of its release. It is set a record for the second highest opening weekend of its time, grossing 397.6 million worldwide. It was the second highest grossing film of 2015 out of the domestic box office and became the highest grossing film of the franchise in the first 12 days of its theatrical release. A sequel, The Fate of the Furious, was released in April 2017, just two years later. And so, again, the quick turnaround of these films and the extensive, quote unquote, diverse cast that they have on this uh, film is some of the big box office draws, especially worldwide. Worldwide, these, you know, they eat it up. North America is starting to have less and less return for the Fast and Furious, I think probably since seven. I don't know if eight, eight, eight um, surpassed seven, but um, again, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get there. This is one of the longest running movies of the Fast and Furious franchise, I believe. Let me see. I had it up there for a second. I think it's coming up behind Fast Nine. Um, let me see. This was the longest of the Fast and Furious movies upon its release at two hours and 17 minutes until Fast F9, F9, the Fast Saga 2021, six years later at two hours and 25 minutes. And I think that actually is hurting the film franchise as they continue to get longer. They don't need to get longer. So um, this was about as long as I think it can get with the pacing still being good. Cinematography, Stephen F. Winden, same guy for, as, uh, as the previous F5. And um, I believe he might've done F6 on the cinematography. Yep, same guy on six. Um, so we're bringing back the whole Fast and Furious family, got the same writers, like I said, and the other ones, um, you know, got to bring the whole family on the front side of the screen and the back side of the screen. Let's get into the plot of Fast and Furious 7. Now, you can be listening to this review in full and early through patreon.com slash podcast. You can also find all the links in the description and on luckadoutpodcast.com. Again, helping support your local podcasters always 
lets them know you like what you're hearing. If you don't have the dollars to support, remember Patreon's starting as low as a dollar, but if you can't support financially, you can support free. Subscribe, follow, like on all of the social media platforms. There we go. We don't have to like go through all the fucking individual ones. There's so many ones these days. Like how many, how many social medias do we need? And then in like 10 years, there's probably only going to be like three left or there's going to be like 20. And then I got to upload, do a real, do a TikTok, do a Instagram, and Facebook, hashtag family, social network. Like there's so fucking many of them. Uh, can we just do the hashtag family network or something like that? Like that would be a lot easier for everyone. So that's my uh, small bumper and way of letting everyone know we are getting into the spoiler section if you want to wait and uh watch this podcast later pause it come back you know what to do you always got to come back come back have some fun and listen and watch uh the cast and review with us so let's hop into the plot of hashtag bro bro family furious seven first thing i gotta like say about furious seven is they show the fast and the furious title it doesn't, it, and it's and it's written out that way on the screen. So is it Furious 7 or is it not? Like, what is going on here? I guess ever since the second one, they've never liked playing by the rules of having a normal sequence. Um, Fast and Furious being the first one, Too Fast, Too Furious, the second one. That's when they started messing with it. Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, still the easiest one to remember. Fast and Furious, 2009, the fourth one. Like, that's kind of not very memorable at all. Fast Five, everyone remembers that. That's kind of good. 2011. Uh, Fast and Furious Six, kind of boring. Furious Seven, I guess it gets in there. The Fate of the Furious, it's kind of hard to say. And Fate Eight, I guess that's why it works. And F9, I guess because isn't F9 like a car or something like that? I don't know. I'm kind of... uh, uh, Okay, so and then Fast X, I guess they've always liked to play play with the title a little bit. Um, but everybody knows it's Fast and the Furious family title. So let's, uh, let's hop into this unique opening we have right here. Um, you're going to see me looking down on my notes because I, I took some extensive, hard to read notes over here. So if I'm sipping some coffee, I'm definitely not reading my notes. Yeah. Cafe Bustelo. Boosted by Cafe Bustello, empowered by Cafe Bustello. This is not an ad. I literally have Cafe Bustello on deck all day, every day. Um, just saying that uh, that shit gets me going. It's like, a, I'm ready to go vroom vroom, hashtag family. With some coffee in my system. <laughs> so here's the plot. After defeating Owen Shaw and securing pardons for their past crimes, Dominic Toretto. Family, Brian O'Connor and the team have returned to the U.S. to live normal lives. They probably have to get like five or six pardons almost every other movie because they commit all these damn international crimes. Like, my lord, from stealing DVDs to stealing gasoline to stealing God's eye. Got all this shit out there. Dom tries to help Letty Ortiz regain her memory while Brian accustoms himself to life as a father. 
Now, I like the juxtaposition of the opening of Owen, uh, Owen Shaw and, you know, him figuring out what's going on. The action in this movie, I feel like each action scene is done deliberately so that it doesn't feel like the last one. Whether it's visually, whether it's the camera kind of going smoothly through, or the editing's quicker or something, or if it's a, they're flying out of the airplane, then they're on this hill, and then a tank come, and then they're jumping out of a, whether it's the sequence after sequence after sequence of events kind of thing going on, it feels like they plotted the shit out of this action of this movie, and I loved it. The, the action of this movie feels somewhat, I know Fast Five gets gets handed the award for like being one of the best maybe because it's dom v dom v the rock but i feel like this could definitely be up there with fast five i can't remember exactly why fast five works a hundred percent majority better than this one maybe because obviously they had to work do some workarounds the paul walker stuff but there is ridiculous shit in here but there's also and the cgi can get a little bit you know itchy wavy sweaty whatever you want to say um <clears throat> but I got to say that I like the uh, the blending of the action and uh, the CGI practical effects. All, all the stuff seems to blend pretty good and age, age well. And obviously, you, the stuff that doesn't look real just doesn't look real. But I think the majority of it does look really good. And so with the unique opening of the action, with Shaw going through, the camera going through, seeing all these explosions in the building and seeing what kind of damage you can do with like a limited amount of time, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, the juxtaposition is you see Brian and uh, immediately it's like a close up and he's like, oh, shit, he's about to do a fucking brace. And all of a sudden, sh sh pull back and, and he's in a fucking minivan. He's just pulling up to go pick up his kid. He's in full on dad mode. And I love seeing the progression of Paul Walker's character of just getting those nasty tuna sandwiches in the first movie all the way to doing these kind of street races and kind of, you know, just being FBI agent in the fourth one and then the fifth one, the, the heist and all that. You, you see so many different variations of Brian Connor and Paul Walker playing this character and he only progresses to get better. And I think he kind of finds his niche by the seventh one. And I, I think he would have been a fantastic older actor, you know, when he's old and grizzled, he would have all of this age of experience. Reminds me so much of seeing early movies of, you know, like, uh, I just watched Nightmare on Elm Street and Johnny Depp is so timid in that and it's not because he's supposed to play timid but it's because he's kind of just a nervous guy and he's just not comfortable on being on screen 100 percent in that movie in the same way you can kind of see how paul walker seems to not be comfortable originally on screen and maybe the first movie but then progresses to only get better as an actor it was exciting to see this guy um progress as an actor and he wasn't too much older than you know I think he was like a very old millennial or a very young Gen Zer or something like that, but he wasn't too much older than me is what it felt like. So uh, continuing on, meanwhile, Owen's older brother, Deckard Shaw, breaks into the hospital where the comatose Owen is held in London. I kind of already explained all this, but before breaking into the DSS field office in Los Angeles to extract profiles of Dom's crew. 
Um, after revealing his identity, Deckard Shaw fights DSS agent Luke Hobbs and escapes. Now, this is a sick, like, instantly, I, I feel like you can see why they, they had Juan come to this movie is there is so many scenes that feel like they provide this moody atmosphere that has been kind of lacking, I think, in the sixth movie. It's been a while since I've seen the sixth one, obviously, but um, even the fifth one is very bright. It's in Rio. It's always kind of vibrant. I feel like the seventh one does bring this moody piece to it because there is this overarching um, feel that we did lose a major character in the last uh, last movie, Furious Six, uh, Gal Gadot's character. Um, and it was, you know, it's super sad that all that happened. So there's this kind of heavy feeling kind of going throughout the feel. There's a double layer of, of heaviness happening throughout this movie. One, because if you're the audience that is in the know, then you know that there's how are they going to, if it's your first time watching, how are they going to resolve the Brian Walk, uh, Brian, Brian O'Connor character and send them off in a tasteful manner um, because of Paul Walker's death? Like I was watching it for the first time. I was very like on pins and needles because the initial trailer does not actually show Brian talking all that much, but he is just as much of a part of a player in this movie as everyone else. So continuing on, Juan, James Wan, the director, has horror under his belt, but he also has action under his belt. I really like a lot of his action films, and um, Malignant being one of the, the kind of blend of the two, I really enjoy the atmosphere and the action that uh, is shot in this movie. It's, it's, it's interesting to see the camera just go tilt when, when the rock is going, you know, and then Shaw's like, not today or something like that. And then Ninji stars and everyone has these different types of fighting styles and stuff like that. I was just like, this is a dope ass movie. I was like, it's uh, some of the action movies today that we watch on Netflix feel a little bit washed out. And this movie feels like it has a lot of character to it. Um, so anyways, Luke Hobbs escapes while fighting um, uh, Shaw. I kind of get, always get them too mixed up, so I might just say stay them in rock. Um, Deckard Shaw uh, detonating a bomb that severely injures Hobbs. So this puts the rock in the hospital for the entire movie. What everyone knows now, these movies are almost just as important on front of the screen as they are on the the back of the screen or behind the camera on front of the camera as they are on back behind the camera. Now, there is, uh, in, I was gonna say there's allegations, you know, the, the allegedly what some cast members have said that some people can be difficult to work with on set. What I'm hearing is is probably maybe Vin Diesel controlling a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. You know, we had Justin Lin that they took Justin Lin and the and Vin Diesel. I said like Justin Lin and the Vin. Um, <laughs> they were um, on Instagram Live or something like that when they were filming Fast X the first like two or three weeks. And he's like, "I'm with my good friend Justin Lin." And that's my Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, I'm present. 
I'm with my good friend Justin Lin. You know, he's, you know, I, I don't know why I'm going down this kind of going Godfather on it, but you know, I'm with Justin Lin, and you know, the, Justin Lin is like sitting there, and he looks like he's in a hostage video with Vin Diesel, and it was like maybe a week later, fucking Justin Lin's like, yeah, I'm out, I can't do this movie anymore, and which is interesting because Justin Lin obviously has brought some of the most interesting films to the some of the strongest films to the franchise, you know, from the the diversion of the third one, the f interesting one of the fourth one, and then everyone would says the fifth one's one of the best, and then the airplane sequence and the sixth one is just amazing. So just seeing that he didn't want to do eight, he took a break and let F. Gary Scott, I think, do eight, F. Gary Gray do eight, um, and uh, then was he came back for nine. Not the problem with nine, everyone would probably agree, is the pacing. The pacing, and it's a little bit boring. It's like, uh, all right, we, we're not getting anywhere with this. Uh, so, anyways, let's let's continue on back to uh, seven. So, damn, Lily, damn, Lily. I'm not going to be able to do any more reviews after this. Like you doing that. <laughs> you can't do a Fast and Furious review if you can't be Dom and Letty with the same voice, right? Um, just saying that, but I love Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, career path. What are the most interesting career paths? I got to tell you, from like Lost all the way to, to, to Fast and Furious to Avatar to damn Dungeons and Dragons. She's badass, badass, just awesome um damn okay so however um let me see okay so we injured hobbs hobbs in the hospital dom later learns from his sister Mia, uh played by jordana brewster that she is pregnant again and convinces her to tell brian however a letter bomb sent by deckard has been apparently who has apparently killed Han in Tokyo. So Tokyo Drift, I believe, happens be before this movie, but after six. So it happens between six and seven, I believe, and explodes and it destroys the Toretto house. Dom's like, Lily. I think he's like, he's like, they fucking like they jump and then the fucking house explodes they blow up damn's house they would fucking blow the shit up completely um cgi is a little spotty on it but i was like oh, oh, oh i was like oh shit and then the mo the biggest thing that they're worried about is obviously uh brian gets exploded against the fucking minivan and they're like oh is brian's kid okay and the, you know gotta check all that and then you see, damn, he's like, oh, fuck. I guess I'm going to have to bring the family in. And so, um, Dom travels to um, Tokyo to retrieve Han's body and acquires the objects found at the crash site from Sean Boswell. As, uh, as, uh, as Dom, Brian, Tej, Parker and Roman Pierce mourn Han and Giselle at Han's funeral in Los Angeles. Dom spots Deca Shaw's 
spying on them and confronts him in an underground tunnel. Let me stop right there before I say anything else. Um, so yeah, it is a bizarre irony, like I said earlier, that they have the entire cast, including Paul Walker, go attend this funeral. And I think, um, what is it? Uh, Roman Pierce, I think Tyrese says, I can't do more funerals, man. And, you know, Paul is standing, Paul Walker is standing right there. And it's just like, this entire cast probably had to do the same thing for real, but for him. And that's, uh, that's a heavy thing to see just on screen, but then actually have like some sort of representation of it done in the movie on his last movie, being his last movie. It's just the, the irony is crazy. It's, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, uh, life works in strange ways. But anyways, um, we see Deckard Shaw out in the open and uh, like kind of in the cemetery area in a car kind of spying on them. And John's like, oh, hell no. Nah. So he goes, gets in the car, shh, shh, one last ride. He says one last ride like five times in the trailers or something like one one time in the trailer. And I feel like every single film has been like one last ride like ever since um so i think maybe originally they thought this was going to be the the end but they got they made too much money they said uh we need to come back for more so anyways uh deckard spying on them and confronts him in the underground tunnel but deckard flees when a covert ops team led by government agent mr nobody arrives and opens fire I think this trope happens about once per movie that two people will be fighting normally without a gun or any weapons, normally hand to hand, and then they'll be interrupted by guys with guns. Um, <laughs> so Mr. Nobody played by Kurt Russell. Uh, I've got mixed feelings about the whole government agency stuff. I like the street stuff and I don't like the government stuff. I feel like you have to have either or, and I, I like it when it's way more street stuff and less government stuff. That's just me personally. And I mean, like for the submarine type uh, nuclear stuff going on and all that, all that stuff. Uh, so Mr. Nobody arrives and opens fire. Nobody tells Dom that he will help them in stopping Decade if he helps retrieve God's eye. A computer program capable of tracking a specific individual using anything on a digital network and save its creator, Ramsey, from Nigerian terrorist, um, Mose Jacante. Uh, so that's a mouthful, but uh, that's basically what the premise is of the entire movie. Just now getting to the shit, right? Um, the team airdrops their off-road modified cars of the uh, Kakakis Mountains and as... Azerbaijan, I think. I'm sure I'm saying all this wrong. I'm sorry to all the individuals there. But let me just say the um, cars falling from the skies, absolutely wild. This is the beginning of one of the most memorable action scenes, I got to say, happens in Fast and Furious history, I think. Once again, we have Tyree screaming his ass off. He's like, I can't do this, Brian. I can't do this. And Taz is like, he already did. And he's like, no! Nah! 
God, this fucking Tyrese falling off the fucking face of the earth. He's he's falling out of a you know. Everyone is in order, going, falling. Okay, so if anyone hasn't seen this, there's a plane and people are driving off the plane with like parachutes connected to the cars, but it's just ridiculous how it's all happening. You you gotta you gotta see it to believe it kind of thing. But people that can't, that you know, the cars are rolling backwards off of a plane, and basically everyone on the team's ready for this. And of course, Roman Pierce is not ready for this. He's like, I can't do this. Tej Ludacris says, Oh hell no! Says, Psh, You going, bitch? And so Tyree's like screaming his ass off the entire way down. We're all laughing our asses off. I think he gets like floating off into the wrong side of the map. He falls off for a little bit, but everyone lands perfectly. Of course, Michelle Rodriguez lands it a a one 10 out of 10 spice goes through down everyone goes onto the road and everyone's like got the whole family and we're all like going and it's the beginning of a really cool action scene and like i said even though the cg is spotty in some places a lot of it still feels very real that they're in some sort of like actual location and you something about the way that they shoot this one feels very still very grounded in a way that i i, I still got to hark back on in the mcu i've been harking back on them for a while like the fast and furious might be expensive but they look real they i, I think the majority of the shit looks really fucking good the explosion of the house not so much the cars falling from the sky yeah and that's what kind of matters to i think I would say the car enthusiast that is inside me, I guess. Um, so, yeah, the car battles on the cliff is fucking wild. It's like everyone is just from going under the th- under other cars to ramming other cars, the cars flipping other cars to falling off the cliffs. It's fucking wild. So they um, they. They go over the mountains, ambush uh, Gigante's convoy, and rescue Ramsey. Now, I, I had to, like, take a couple notes on this because they don't just rescue Ramsey. They have to go in and, like, go to war with these guys. And there's, there's like, guns and shit like that. It's, like, the most militaristic type uh, guns. Sorry, the most militaristic type, uh, not guns, but uh, vehicles that they've had. And, you know, uh, uh, Tyrese has, like, armored truck type level uh you know cars vehicles and stuff like that and it's cool shit um and then all of the action that's happening people are going psh, 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 going fucking everywhere the bus eventually fucking flips that has that had ramsey i think in it or something like that and eventually she gets in dom's car eventually and then paul walker jumps in the van and the bus and the bus is like going towards the end of the um end of a cliff and it's about to like head to the end of a cliff and um you know the the hand to hand combat that he's having to do. Uh, I think that's with uh, that that one actor, um, Tony. Is that Tony Jaw? I think Tony Jaw was the the one that Brian was fighting. And then the bus, they're fighting in a bus that the bus is turned sideways, and you can't turn turn the brakes. It's kind of got that Jurassic Park thing, and it's going towards the end of the cliff. And they all got to make it out of the fucking bus. They're like. And Brian is getting ready to get out, and Tony Jaw's like, Shing! puts a fucking grate up, hits him with the Titanic, can't get out of the bitch. And so Brian's like, oh, shit. 
and then so he has to do do like a double back and he has to go back on the other side of the bus and then he goes to the other side of the bus jumps out of the bus and then he's like running upside top the bus again this is all in the fucking trailer like why you gotta ruin this why you gotta show this entire scene on the trailer i probably got spoiled for this and didn't even know so he's running, he's running uh, off the bus, and the bus is getting ready to go off the cliff. He's like, ding, 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 ding. and then he goes, and he jumps, and Michelle Rodriguez is like, family! And she, he, like, whips the car around, like, 180 status, and he's like, ah! grabs, what is that, the spoiler? Um, and then he's like holding on, he's like, ah! like, off the side of the cliff, almost about to fall off, but she saves his life, and he's like, and that's that uh that's that wild scene um that happens uh with uh brian o'connor so uh long story short paul walker probably would have turned into an even more of an action star had he not passed um but you know any action scene it looked like a, a ton of these action scenes look very plausible that he did i know he has stuntmen and stuff like that but there wasn't really a time and i was like is that Paul or not? But it just, I was like, dude, this dude looks like he's actually on a fucking bus about to fly off a fucking cliff. I was like, Jesus. So, um, so yeah, the showdown on the cliff is, uh, with damn. Okay. So yeah, they don't just like, uh, like I said, I had to be a little more detailed than what Wikipedia has given me on this. They don't just save Ramsey. You know, Dom has to go hashtag family on it. And, you know, he has Ramsey in the side of the car. He's like, where we go, we don't need roads. And they're like on a cliff, getting ready to get shot up by te uh, by um, uh, Jimon Hansu's guys. And you're like, you have nowhere to run, Toretto. And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, he's like staring. They're both staring eye to eye. And there's a cliff on the behind uh, Toretto. And she's like, you're not doing what you think. What I think you're gonna do. And then the people in the God's Eye and the drone or something like that. They're like, is he gonna do what he think he's gonna do? And Dom's like, I think I'm gonna do what I think I'm gonna do. And he's like, and then all this dirt that goes, like the dirt goes in the eyes and the, and Jimon Hansu's like, ah! like he screamed, Jimon Hansu's always be screaming. So he's, he's just like screaming, like, ah! and just like, so he's screaming, there's dirt, dust storm. And then we have Toretto's car is facing the cliff and he's like, and flies off the cliff literally gasses it boom goes hashtag family right off the cliff and this fucking car flips not once not twice but maybe like 12 times like and of course family gets down there picks him up as like oh, bro bro hashtag family and he's of course just barely scratch on the head and then he has uh ramsey who's there is just kind of just comes and they're like all right we gotta take her because she's fucking passed out and whatever else so that's how they save ramsey it's not no one sentence ass bullshit like wikipedia guy right here i tell you the real shit right here i'll tell you how it is and exactly how it happened um just about how it happened <laughs> but maybe it wasn't 12 flips but you know whatever um so where are we at um yeah, we we saved we saved Ramsey. That was that was kind of a ordeal. Okay, so we rescue Ramsey. They leave for the uh, Etihad uh, Towers in Abu Dhabi. I'm sorry if I didn't say that correctly. And steal the flash drive containing the God's Eye chip from a billionaire hidden 
in a Lacken Hypersport. I believe that's a nice car. With God's eye secure. Uh, and of course, in Dubai, we have very interesting things. One, they really sexualize Ramsey, saying, no, that's a woman. And, and Tyree's just horny his balls. Um, I don't think that's going to age 100% well because we don't really do the ogling anymore. It's kind of interesting. The the, the slow walk out from the beach, like uh, they gave Ramsey or Nathalie Emmanuel, like they gave her uh, the James Bond getting out of the, the Baywatch, um, the slow walking out of the beach scene. And and yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously she's she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. But I, I just noticed that... I don't feel like movies really stop and sexualize people like that as much anymore. I want to say this might have been one of the last times they actually do that. I know the uh, sexuality in general has changed a whole bunch, especially what is this, 10 years later. Um, but still, I'm like, this is kind of interesting. It's been a while since I've seen a movie where there's, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. You know, I just saw The Book Club and it's like, a bunch of 70 year old women like looking at a police officer that's quote unquote handsome and stuff like that and they're like oh you know are you a stripper or something like that like that's sort of kind of of it but that's more like it's it's jokey we don't i didn't feel like most of it is done as a joke it's most of it was like oh this girl you know this lady this woman this, she look really good you know that kind of thing um but anyway with saying that she does look good i'll tell you who does look good again is michelle rodriguez in this red dress they got her. This red dress, she looks like she can just like stop the world. I mean, straight Wonder Woman status, speaking of which. Um, so, and yeah, we do get some more romantic scenes with Dom and Letty. I think they do a good job of solidifying their quote unquote mom and dad-esque type dynamic in um, the Fast and Furious 7. I didn't remember that uh, going back into it. So... With God's eye secure, Dom, Brian, nobody, and his team use it to hunt down Deckard Shaw to an abandoned factory, but are ambushed by Gigante and his henchmen, who have allied with Deckard and forced to flee while Gigante obtains the God's eye. Let me uh, make sure I got everything done. Okay, so let me finish up that the Abu Dhabi sequence real quick um letty versus ronda rousey's red in the red dress um very very cool scene again i forgot that michelle rodriguez can cut uh, can can uh, whoop so much ass and then of course we got the uh, ronda rousey who's not an actress but she can put up a fight obviously that's her job and uh i think that this is one again with juan showing that we can go from these crazy high level action cars falling from the sky type action all the way to hand-to-hand -hand combat from brian and tony ja all the way to ronda rousey and uh uh michelle rodriguez um so i i just i do praise this movie for always having a different take on everything and in the rock and and decca sean hobbs and all that shit uh you know, it's very diverse in the type of action that we're getting. And I, I like that, you know, so it, it keeps it, uh, the pacing interesting, you know. 
So, uh, as, let me see. Okay, so, yeah, and they fall, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez and Ronda Rousey fall on T-Pain's gold party uh, DJ set. He's like, you know, like, that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, da, 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 da. and there's a heist going on during this fight. There's, like, multiple things happening while... Um, Letty v. Rhonda, and then they got to have Tyrese as the, the, you know, to cause a distraction or something like that. And Ludacris and Ramsey have something to do, go hack into the system. And then they have, you know, Brian and Dom, you know, they, they got to go uh, get the get the car. And then that has the God's eye and all that stuff. And then they have to drive the car off the damn uh, off the damn building, and he's like, I don't know if we can do this twice, but what about three times? It's like, boom! And then you're like, oh my gosh. I remember seeing that in, um, that in the trailer, and everyone, I think those were the money shots. Everyone was like, are they going to drive a car in between two buildings and still land it, dude? And it's like, yeah, yeah, they're going to do that. It's straight up Mission Impossible with cars. Because um, wasn't Abu Dhabi like a really really popular place to shoot i feel like mission impossible might have had like their movies shooting there around the same time um everybody was shooting around there must have some tax breaks or something like that so um yeah the pacing is great building to building absolutely ridiculous there's action like this just isn't shown like this and i feel like the the good thing about this movie is it shows restraint to an extent like they do have these crazy CGI sequences, but I don't feel like the majority of it feels like they're in CGI sequences. They are in a real party. T-Pain is DJing in the corner. There's a lady painted in gold. You know, there's. it feels like a lived-in place. When they are doing the heist, they feel like they are in an actual billionaire's apartment or some sort with a supercar in front of them. It's, you know, there's so many tangible aspects I like about this movie that I don't feel in a lot of movies more recently. Fast X did have a lot of tangibility. I gotta say they felt like real sets, but you know, there was a ton of CGI and it was noticeable, noticeable CGI, I think. So uh, yeah, I always forget Kurt uh, Russell is in this. I kind like I said, I don't really like the government aspects of the Fast and Furious franchise. And uh, he literally goes fucking off. So, as Mr. Nobody, played by Kurt Russell, is uh, medevaced, the the team returns to Los Angeles, uh, where Dom plans to fight Deckard alone, while Letty, Brian, Tish, Roman, resolve to protect um, Ramsey from Gigante. I don't even know if that's his name. I forgot if that's what it was. Just calling him that. Um, Later... Brian promises Mia that he will fully dedicate himself to their family after he defeats Deckard and uh, Gigante and is motivated to come home after Mia reveals her pregnancy. This is a very moving um, speech that Brian gives. And, you know, obviously the actor didn't know what was going to happen after this movie. Maybe he, he had always planned to shoot more. Maybe they, I don't know exactly if they had just said, Let's start to wind down this this series because, you know, we're kind of reaching a, a, an, an ending to it, you know, not thinking that they were going to go all the way to 10. So I'm sure this movie did exceptionally well for 
a reason of everybody wanted to see what happened to the Brian O'Connor character and how they, uh, you know, did like a tribute to um, Paul Walker. So I think that definitely boosted some of the box office in a way um, on top of it being a really good movie. So uh, what do we got? What do we got? It, it, it's a, it's, it's an interesting uh, conversation he has to have with Mia considering it's one of the more, it's uh, one of the last ones they're going to have as uh, Gigante pursues Brian and the rest of the team with a stealth helicopter, an aerial drone, sorry, and an aerial drone, Ramsey attempts to hack the god's eye. Discovering the situation, Hobbs leaves the hospital. And let's just say the rock's just like, honey, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And he's like, like, destroys the, the, the hard cast he has on his arm and it just busts off of him and it's it's a funny ass cool ass scene but I remember, you know it's shown on the the trailer and whatnot and in in correlation it looks like the rock is going to be in in the trailer it looks like rock's going to be in the whole movie he doesn't show up till the very end um and so he's like he's gotta destroy the drone so of course the drone is trying to find all everybody at night and uh you know it, it, it's paul Paul Walker, sorry, Brian versus the drone, you know, he's driving and of course he has to do the switch. He has to give Ramsey to Tej and Roman. She's kind of like the MacGuffin in this movie. So besides the God's eye, but you know, he, they tr do the transfer of the, you know, they get the cars beside each other and like, and then somebody jumps to the other car from that. Like, and from there, you just like, this is some wild shit, you know, still getting some very interesting action, but I don't think we've had a transfer of people like that from maybe I, I, we had a transfer of that style. I feel like we had that in maybe Tokyo Drift when they're doing some drifting and stuff like that. So that might have been kind of an homage to Tokyo Drift, but Ramsey jumps in the car without the cars even having to stop and they keep on going. It's fucking baller. Um, and then jumping um uh let me let me let me continue on oh so yeah the drone is about to destroy the family and then all of a sudden boom fucking ambulance comes out of nowhere destroys the drone uh brings it down and then out he's like what's up or whatever the fuck he said i don't remember he said. it's uh the rock and he comes out just fucking has all of his military gear already ready. Looks like he just got off of the, a fresh gym set. Just fucking just raging, roid raging out, looking wild. And so he destroys the drone and um, with the ambulance. After battling and killing Gigante's henchman, Keat, Brian hijacks a signal repeater tower that allows Ramsey to regain control of the god's eye and shut it down. Shut her down. Meanwhile, Dom and Deckard, Dom and Deckard, engage in a brawl on top of a public 
parking garage. And of course, it's got to be like hand to hand. So it's like, it's just like, it's just, <laughs> just meathead versus meathead. Just, but, you know, but Jason Statham's like actually got like 12 black belts. So he could probably whoop both The Rock and Vin Diesel's ass. But we're not going to discuss that. Anyways, they make it look like there's going to be some sort of you know, the, it's actually a little bit of a match. You know, they both are getting some hits in, getting slammed. It's like some WWE shit at one point. Some wildness, um, <laughs> some foolishness. Um, Gigante intervenes, and he's like, uh, and and his guys like, hey, Shaw's down there with Dom. You know, he's in the way. Should we still rock, do the missile? And and Demon Hans is like, fuck him. And, you know, fire the missile. And so they fire the missile. So Shaw realizes that, you know, just like, you just fire a missile at me. And then the the uh, parking deck just explodes on one side. And then fucking Dom's like, he's like, he's like, oh, my back. And then so Gigante intervenes and attacks them both. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So Dom used the distraction to defeat Deckard by causing a part of the parking garage to collapse beneath him. And what does he say? The thing about the streets is that the streets will. This dude literally Hulk kicks or stomps the ground and half of the parking deck falls from beneath Decker Shaw's ass. It's like, no, ah! you know, Decker Shaw's like, no, you know, how do you scream in Irish? Well, I don't know, what, whatever. Um, What is he, Scottish? I don't, I don't know what Jason Statham is. Um, so anyways, he, he's like, Dom's like, the streets win. And so, the, you know, the, the streets really fucking did win. And um, yeah. Dom attempts to crash his Dodge Charger on Gigante's helicopter. And it's like, oh my gosh, Dom's are. And then the helicopter is like, and then it's like, it like does a little diversion and Dom's like, and completely misses it. But Jimon Hansu is like, wait a minute, wait, what? And Dom didn't miss. He threw a grenade bag right beside him in the helicopter bag and what's what do you know fucking uh what is it uh shaw hobbs hobbs the hob the rock hobbs looks at it he's like i got this and he's like boom and he shoots the grenade that is attached to the helicopter that is driven by jimon hansu and jimon hansu's like we would no it's like it just explodes everywhere and when the explosion happens the the grenades like family and and so it was a family grenade um so yeah it's it's uh a lot of action dom's under some rubble and has to get saved a little bit by the family and the rock and uh yeah, it's it's absolutely kind of bonkers at one point. And of course, we got to have uh, the Bro Bro family uh, ending with 
with how it ends. Hold on, let me just finish this up. He leaves. Uh, Dom leaves a bag of grenades on the helicopter and crashes on the rubble of uh, of the garage. He, he's fine. Hobbs shoots the grenades, destroying the helicopters and killing Gigante. After Brian and Hobbs help Letty bring out Dam's unconscious body, she cradles him and tells him that she has fully regained her memories. Now, I do think this is a little bit uh, convenient. I don't remember her ever getting some sort of revelation that help, helped her bring back her memories. Now, remember, she was killed in four, I believe, and came back in six. Am I right? I'd have to go back and watch again. Like I, I've reviewed these movies and I can't remember what happens, but um, I think that I think she's killed in four, comes back in six. Um, and behind the scenes, apparently Vin Diesel was a big part of bringing her back, which if they do all the all women fast series, fast women or whatever, fast women, that doesn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> fat, uh, you know, fast, furious women, maybe that would be <laughs> furious women seven. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe that would be pretty cool if she could lead it. Anyways, um, I do feel like that uh, extension of her remembering and being just with Dom is a little bit convenient, but we'll continue on. <clears throat> Maybe that's my only critique to this movie. A little bit con convenient. Uh, she's fully regained her memories and we do see flashbacks to it. We see like her being married to him and whatnot. And it's like, after which Dom regains consciousness almost immediately. Yeah, once he hears that, he's like, wait, what, what did you say? You know? Um, and uh, he's, she's like, why didn't you tell me we were married? And he's like, you can't, force, you can't force somebody to love you. I am group. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. Um, Deckard is arrested by Hobbs and the CIA and is locked up in a black site prison. I guess that means there's like extra security on there, or I'm not really sure what that means. So I'm not going to probe that. The rest of the team relax on a tropical beach. Brian, Mia, play with their son, Jack, while damn, Letty, Roman, Tej, Ramsey, look on and acknowledge that Brian is happily retired with his family. Dom drives away and Brian catches up with him. As Dom recalls his memories with Brian, very touching moment uh, and very well done with this flashback, both to the uh, attributing to Paul Walker's memory and the character of Brian. I think it both does tremendously well. The two bid each other farewell and drive off in separate directions to the song. It's been a long road. Tell you, my friend. Tell you how to live and I hear you again. It's been a long. No, I'm not doing that. Thing. I'm doing this. Thing. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to end this podcast on a sad note. It says, uh, I think I remember why I was a little bit hesitant to recording this one was because of the heavy subject that is, you know, it's surrounded by. The Paul Walker character really did resonate me, resonate with me growing up. You know, he's kind of a goofy ass dude. Um, and I have friends that kind of resemble, uh, 
you know, his likeness. And I feel like, you know, if I would have known Brian, uh, Brian O'Connor, if I would have known Brian or Paul Walker, both would have been cool and interesting people to have met. And um, yeah, it's a wonderful tribute to to him and his memory at the very end. Um, we'll kind of close out with a couple of, uh, let me see, anything else we need to kind of, Anything else we need to kind of cover? Wanted to do some trivia that I found. So obviously there was a lot of reshoots and body doubles that were used by Caleb and Cody Walker. I know that they've provided doubles and voiceovers for the character of Brian O'Connor. A lot of people have talked about possibly Brian O'Connor coming back for later movies i won't tell of tell i won't sorry i won't spoil whether or not what happens to this character brian o'connor later down um you know later down the franchise because obviously at this point that i'm recording this four movies have happened since then yeah four movies have happened since then was it eight nine ten or sorry three movies have happened since then um and um yeah i won't i won't talk about whether or not and apparently part 10 is part one of possibly three movies maybe just two movies give or take how much movie this 10th movie makes so following the death of paul walker who was killed in the crash um, walker was nearly scrapped halfway through the filming at the time of his death Although there is some considerations about scrapping the film together, the film eventually resumed productions following rewrites and then address Walker's absence. Um, Over 230 cars were destroyed during the filming of this movie alone. Holy Santa Claus. That's probably why it was ridiculous to keep a car denzel washington turned down a role for this film uh, universal studios were in search for a big star to play a minor role in this film and then play a larger role in the film taylor lautner halle berry were also considered for the same role before kurt russell was cast this was the first movie Furious 7 is the first movie in the series to reach 1 billion at the box office, which seems wild to me because Aquaman seemed to, in 2018, was that 2018? Aquaman feels like it went to a billion dollars easily. And I guess I just take that, you know, as a grain of salt, but it, it's like, it, it wasn't easy for that. It's not, a lot of these big movies in my head that I think are really big movies haven't, didn't make a billion. I would have thought that the Fast Five would have made at least a billion. I guess they didn't. Yeah, I have it right in front of me. Fast Five only grossed. Wow. Okay, so the budget for Fast Five only a mere one twenty-five million, which is pretty reasonable at the time, um, or get for compared to now in twenty eleven. Um, and then the box office only made six hundred and twenty-six million. That seems so low in in comparison. Sometimes I find it pretty fascinating to see that these big movies didn't make as much because I mean like the 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 movie Fast 10 has already made ha over half that um, in like no time so 
Let me see what else we got in the trivia section before we sign off. So it says the majority of uh, the rock stunts were actually performed by Tano Tanoi Reed, his uh, body double and cousin. It's kind of cool. Um, in an interview, Vin Diesel stated, Furious 7 2015 was for Paul. The Fate of the Furious 2017 is from Paul. I'm not sure if I would agree with that, given that I've watched the eighth one. I'll, I'll give my takes on the eighth review. We'll talk about that later. It's the third time Paul Walker drove the same blue Nissan GTR since Fast Five 2011. Looks like you might like that GTR. Um, it's the first sequel in the series to take place chronologically after the fate of the, uh, sorry, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. This was announced before Furious 6, Fast and Furious 6 was even released back in 2013. Tony Jaws, first English-speaking role in a film. All right, we'll do two or three more. Uh, oh, before this movie was released, Vin Diesel announced that there will be three more movies after this one. So I guess they had been planning through 10 but the way that they have written some characters in and out i don't know if i 100 percent agree with that mm-hmm. brian's son is seen playing with a toy car that is based on the Nissan GTR, the same car that Brian is known for driving throughout the series. This film surpassed Avatar 2009 as the fastest movie to gross over 1 billion. Interesting, interesting. Well, I got to say Furious 7 has been a good one. Any other questions, you let me know, luggedoutpodcast.com. I'm trying to make sure I've covered all my bases. This is kind of a big movie. Um, but yeah, I um thoughts about the entire series up through seven. James Wan straight ripped. He came in and he straight ripped. I gotta say, action scenes from the the comedy, I think, is up there. The drama is is some of the best. Honestly, seven, you know, F seven, whatever you want to call it, is just as mu- as much as a, a relevant movie, in my opinion, in the franchise as Fast Five. So, thank you for listening, watching, look at our podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, thumbs up. You can go on patreon.com slash look at our podcast to get other reviews such as this one. You can get the full reviews on there. Patreon.com slash look at our podcast has the full previous. Fast and Furious franchise on there as much as the first seven and other movies such as what did we just uh, release? We have uh, AI, that brand new, sorry, that brand new, that uh, Steven Spielberg movie with uh, what's Haley Joel Osment's on there. Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three, full review on there. The Last of Us, obviously the show. We have you, 
season four, part one up. Aftercast, Ant-Man, Quantum Mania, Escape Plan 2, Hades 2018, full review already for you. There, you can even, you can even go on to patreon.com slash podcast and do a seven-day trial. If you don't like it, you don't have to pay. You don't have to do a dime. Just check it out. Check it out in the description. You know what to do. Like, share, subscribe. Let me know how it can improve. Give me a little bit of hashtag family love. And then take it easy. Be sure to look out for more Fast and Furious franchise movie reviews coming down the tube or down the road or down the pipe. Hot off the grill. Hot off the skillet. Hot off the cookout grill hashtag family corona what 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 who what